Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Michael Kiss. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Benjamin Solak. I know it's a big night when he asked for honey. He said he wants honey. It's the Kiss and Solak Show. You got any idea? Right here on BGN Radio. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak Show. This is episode 24, brought to you by the fine folks at BGN Radio. I am your host, Michael Kissed, back from a short hiatus. You can follow my work for InsideThePylon.com. Also work on BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kissed NFL. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game. He held it down for me while we talked with Matt Waldman. Check that episode out, episode 23. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation. And NDTScouting.com is where you can find his excellent draft work. You can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Oh, every day is a good day to be alive, Mike. I appreciate you asking. That being said, you know what I am psyched about? This is like this is like a like a mock draft Monday and and big board fight combined <laughs> yeah. into like one episode. And I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to be able to get listeners involved and yell about some stuff and disagree on things, which is that's that's what the season's all about, Mike. That's the spirit of the season. So I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, what we're going to do is we're, we we each did a mock draft on fanspeak.com. You can do this too at home. And you can add us with your with your draft boards and your, your picks. We love to see it. But we both did one and we're going to compare, contrast, talk about the philosophy of it, talk about who was there, who wasn't, who we really wanted to pick at that spot, but they didn't pull the trigger on maybe. But we're going to go through all that. First, before we get to that, we have an official visit alert. I wish we had a sound effect for that. We really need to get Dude, one of those. Dude, we should make a sound. That was a, that was exactly what I was thinking when you said that too. So the headline on bleedinggreennation.com, Eagles will host massive Australian rugby player on pre-draft visit. That's a part of the official thir- a 30 that has not yeah. played American football before. He is definitely massive. The headline is not hyperbole. He is 6'8", 346 pounds. My That's God, man. His, his arms are 35 and a half inches. 
He was timed at 5.12 seconds on the 40-yard dash, uh, which would have been seventh among tackled participants at the NFL Combine in February. Also, short shuttle 4.67. That would have been among the top 10 at the position and 22 reps on the bench. Ben, this Mamma Jamma is huge. I think too big because there's zero reason to be that big. What are the the Eagles have done this before with Adam Zaruba? And he's actually still he's on like the practice squad roster, isn't he? I mean, as of right now, there's no practice squad roster. There's just 90 people that you're allowed to have with you. But yeah, he was a practice squad sort of uh, a guy for sure. So yeah, my lot of this is the interesting thing, and this is something that I think Philadelphia has done a ton. If you look on their roster, you can find guys uh, with rugby backgrounds, guys from D two, D one, FCS schools, CFL guys. They brought in regularly. Uh, you know, uh, Grimes a couple years ago, uh, Eli Boaca is the guy now. These CFL corners that they bring in, you know, so so that's there's an example we brought up Zaruba. Uh, you've got a guy like Billy Brown who came from Shepherd School. They're really not fearful of going in and checking out players with just irregular backgrounds. Yeah. And you can't really blame them for that. Like, I understand why. You know, you're trying to find a diamond in the rough. You're trying to uncover something special. I, ben, hold on. I'm watching his highlights. He just had five people draped all over him, and he's still. It, this is the most incredible. He, he's right. af, he's really athletic for his size, dude. This is this is why. I, I mean, obviously, no, rugby players are nuts, yeah. and they and rugby players. The one thing that they typically have, which really excites me, is a lot of flexibility. Is yeah. something that I think you typically see from rugby players because. The NFL is played on much straighter lines than rugby is. With rugby, there's a, a higher incidence of coming to contact in in space instead of like you know for for Mylotta, if he moves to offensive tackle, he'll be coming to contact in in a phone booth. That's right. kind of how we we characterize it, saying that he knows the guy who he's going to hit is right in front of him, and he knows he's going to run towards him, and then Mylotta is going to run towards him, and they're going to hit. And then there's nuances there, but it's kind of in a phone booth. Whereas there's a lot of space contact in rugby, which lends itself to flexible athletes and guys working on their ability to soften contact angles and to wiggle around people. And so, no, I'm I'm certain he's a great athlete. He posted a great short shuttle time, which is always a good metric when you're talking about blocking in space uh, for these offensive tackles. Here's the, the, the thing with Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia more than most teams, and obviously I don't cover any team the way I cover the Eagles, loves to just bring in these small name guys and see what's what and cycle through them and try. And maybe one day it'll happen. Maybe in 2020, we'll be talking about how smart it was for the Eagles to spend a, uh, an official 30 on Jordan Mailata. But odd Stevens, it's not going to happen. Right. And these stories are always fun. There's a kid from Weber State. There's uh, McKay Murphy, wrong mm-hmm. player, this defensive tackle who we know Philadelphia is interested in. He's a priority free agent. He's clearly insanely powerful and has no idea what to do with it. Yeah. And it'd be fun to bring him in and see if you can if you can grab him on the practice squad. And that's what I think Philadelphia will attempt to do if they bring him in. But we always want to gas these guys up to be more than they are, which, you know, sounds a little bit harsh, but that's kind of the reality. So simply best thing to say is all the luck to my lotta. He's huge. He's terrifying. I hope he does well. The odds are stacked against him, but, you know, we need something to talk about during the preseason. It might as well be him. I just watched two minutes and 49 seconds of him stiff-arming people in the face, and I'm ready to spend a first-round pick. I'm ready to run through a wall. <laughs> this guy, he's... Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, he is athletic. He's bendy. It's interesting. I mean, 
who knows what kind of technique. Well, he doesn't have any technique. It doesn't exist yet. So obviously a project, right. but we'll, we'll see how that goes. They, they felt good enough about him to make him an official visit. Don't know how I feel about that yet. We'll see how it works out. I would love to at least see him in the preseason and see, see just right. what that well, looks like. <laughs> like we say, official visits really, and this is what's important. It's always a temptation to call them top 30 visits. And I do this all the time, but they're not actually top 30 visits. It's on players that you want to know more about. Right. It is not necessarily indicative of the top of your board. Even people you're interested in, like yeah. you think you're going to draft you just have a major question mark with them so you bring mm-hmm. them in to check them out yeah you can have uh private workouts and all that good stuff okay let's get to the mock draft so ben we're going to go through all seven rounds each of us have our own draft picks that we want to talk about let's kick it off man the super bowl champion philadelphia eagles round one a 32nd overall selection ben who do they select on your fan speak mock Right, on my fan speak mock, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike, I didn't have great options. I certainly did not have the player you had, and screw you for being able to get him, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so I had Ronald Jones running back out of USC as, mm-hmm. as a potential option for me. I had uh, DJ Moore, wide receiver out of Maryland. I had Billy Price, center out of Ohio State. Sonny Michelle, running back out of Georgia. Mike Hughes, corner UCF, who the Eagles did bring in for an official 30. I, I like Mike Hughes a good deal. I think he's he's a top uh, 20. I think I have him 21st, I believe, player in this class. Mm. Uh, and we know Philadelphia's brought him in, and they've looked a little bit at corners, especially guys who can play in the nickel, so there was temptation there. I think DJ Moore would be a very fun luxury pick, really just shore up that wide receiver two position. Moore is also an exceptional playmaker in terms of gadget sort of looks and screens, manufactured touches, which Philadelphia, I think, could benefit from a guy like that who can do some gadget sort of things. They don't really have one of those guys right now. Mm. It's Nelson Aguilar, but that's not really his greatest deployment. Right. At the end of the day, though, I went for the tight end out of South Dakota State, my 14th overall player. That's Dallas Goddard. Mike, let me let me, let me me say some words about Dallas Goddard right now. Gogurt. Uh, Dallas Gogurt. Hashtag yeah, Gogurt, Dallas, Dallas Gogurt. Gogurt. That's true. And, and I think he'd be a great pick for Philadelphia. I think he solves the wide receiver and tight end depth problem immediately. Not because he's going to play wide receiver. But because between him and Zach Ertz, with both of them on the field, you have essentially like one full wide receiver and one full tight end. And you can just kind of choose which one you want to put in line and which one you want to put in the slot and how you want to deploy them. You can mess around with that. You know what I mean? But Goddard, I think, immediately steps in and is at least your fourth most dynamic receiving option. Hmm. Uh, and then potentially your third mm. over my uh, Mike Wallace. But what's it, what's exciting for me is, is a guy like Dallas Goddard would have gotten so much hype in the pre-draft process. He was two routes into the Senior Bowl, pulled up with a lame hammy, didn't feel great, wanted to make it uh, to the Combine, to test at the Combine, wasn't able to get ready in time. And then very quietly in South Dakota State, small school, his pro day, mm. where the Eagles were present, tight end coach Justin Peel was there, yep. 35-inch vertical, 10-1 broad, 6-8-7-3 cone. That's so freaking good. That's absurd. And yeah. a 406 short shuttle, which is also excellent. Mm. But a 6-8-7-3 cone is like a good number for a running back. And yeah. this man's 260 pounds. Yeah. So we've got an exceptional athlete, a very natural receiver, guy who has good inline blocking potential obviously Zach Ertz not a great inline blocker but again this solves the tight end depth and the wide receiver depth problem right away I think God it's a great pick yeah, your had- guy on the <laughs> other hand was a top five player on my board yeah and is an exceptional talent. I think my fit is better than yours, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, so I before I get to him, the guys I had available, pretty much similar to you, we, we, we use the same board. It was the inside the pylon board uh, to make things fair. 
Sony Michelle was there, Ronald Jones was there, Mike Hughes was there, who I considered. Tyrell Crosby, if they came away with him, you know, I would applaud that addition for sure. But as we mentioned, he feels like more like a trade back type of target. Uh, Colton Miller is there. Gross, the offensive tackle from UCLA. Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver out of SMU, is there. You know, I love him. Uh, wasn't gonna take, wasn't gonna take him there. Calvin Ridley was there as well, who is my wide receiver one. However, the guy, like you said, in your top five, your board, top top ten in my board, my cornerback one, Jair Alexander out of Louisville. The guy can do it all. Uh, his mental processing, pre-snap, post-snap, he, he's raw combinations. He recognizes all this stuff. He's a playmaker. He's going to create turnovers. He's got excellent ball skills, and not just with the ball in the air. You know, He's very cognizant of getting the punch out when a player is running with the ball, with the ball carrier. Really feisty guy. Plays with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I'm starting him in the slot right away, and then you can always move him outside depending on his development, depending on how, how he feels. I, I think he's a shutdown potential tight corner and I love that value at 32 I could I could not go for another offensive tackle that didn't have nearly as high or another cornerback that could maybe play outside because because it's just so much higher on my on my board I, I love the guy and I, I know you do too I do I'm wondering how you're deploying Cindy Jones Ronald Darby Jerry Alexander Jalen Mills are we really concerned about Jalen Mills that much okay let Jalen Mills okay transition Jair Alexander in and let Jalen Mills go win that third safety spot and then maybe eventually take over one of those safety spots. Would you disagree I, with that? I wouldn't. you got to make sure Mills is on board with that because Why? you're going to start losing the locker room if you try to make a guy like Mills move to safety if he doesn't want to. I'm just saying he's a big voice in the locker room. I'm also saying this because I think I want my my mock to win and not yours, but that's different. That's not important. Let's, let's okay, go. <laughs> round four, because the Eagles don't currently have a second or a third round pick. We do hope and expect that to change as Philadelphia potentially makes moves nearing the draft. But we don't pick again until pick four, 30th pick in the draft. Uh, this pick, of course, being one of the picks that progressed, I believe, from the Sam Bradford trade. Mm. It was uh, that this, this pick came Suckers. over from the Vikings. 4.30. Got him. Uh, Mike, I want to know who you selected. This is interesting because you went much earlier uh, to this position than I think I would have. And I, I like I liked the pick. It's interesting to me, but I do think I've got you here in round four for sure. But I want to hear your case. Go ahead. Disagree. Okay, so I thought about some guys here. Let me let me pull up who was there for me. In, in round four, uh, Darius Phillips, the, the quarterback from Western Michigan, went in round three to the Packers, and my heart broke because I really like him. I was watching him the other day. His game against Michigan State is one of the better quarterback tapes that I've seen this offseason. Uh, available was Orlando Brown, the big tackle that ran slower than the commissioner. I would have uh, smashed that very hard. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so uh, Jalen Holmes, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, was there. Uh, Sean Deion Hamilton, linebacker out of Alabama, who we both like. Trayvon Henderson, the safety out of Hawaii. Jordan Whitehead, the safety out of Pittsburgh. Those were all guys that I considered, but I ultimately ended up with Naeem Hines, the running back at of NC State. And look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to kick it over to Ben, and Ben's going to tell you that Donnell Pumphrey is going to be a key piece of this running back by committee next year. Correct, Ben? Yes. Okay. My I, argument. I, yes, I would imagine they expect him to be. <laughs> My argument to that is that Ben obviously is going to root for a player that is the same height, weight, speed, profile oh as unnecessary <laughs> oh hard okay firstly i'm a solid 20 pounds lighter than Danelle Pumphrey. maybe 30 i think actually depending <laughs> on how much weight you put on i'm also 
I think it ends shorter. I don't. I can't remember his height off the top of my head. But continue. That was that was low. I'm just that's gonna be noted down. I'm gonna remember that one. You go ahead. I'm trying to win this mock, man. So yeah, Naeem Hines, man, track speed. And I only found out that he had track speed because I put the tape on and I saw him just burning people. And you know, he came into college as a wide receiver and played his first. I believe it was his first year and a half that he played as a wide receiver. So he's got that ability too. I thought he was a better route runner than Jalen Samuels, the the tight end slash running back coming out of NC State as well. So you can flex him out, use him like James White is used in New England. I think that's a really attractive way to use him. You can also use him as as a returner. So he brings you production in three different types of way. He's not the most wiggliest guy, but he knows how to vary his speed and create favorable angles that will create the chance for him to better absorb contact and bounce off contact. He's got a good spin move. He's got good contact balance. So I really like Naeem, Naeem Hines' game. I know it's higher than you would go for a running back considering that the assets that we have in the building and the value in which we have them at. So where did you go at round four? And I'll give you the opportunity to crap on my pick if you can. I don't. I think it's unassailable with the way that I set it up. Yeah. If I can, okay, well, we have very limited capital near day one or day two, and you want to take a running back when you could get running backs for a dime a dozen on day three. That you can, oh, no, can can you get a running back that you can use, that you can get in day three that is also experienced as a wide receiver that can run pretty decent routes, not great routes, pretty decent routes, and also contributes as a returner at that level? No, that's a very good... No, that's a very good point. A returning contribution, receiving contribution, a solid runner who can take a decent amount of snaps. Sounds exactly like Corey Clement. That's a great pick, Mike. <laughs> I selected at 430 Fred Warner, linebacker out of BYU. And the reason I've got you on this one, Mike, is because we both like Dame Hines. We both think, I mean, I've got him around around four grade. I don't know where you've got him. Fred Warner, I know you're very big on Fred Warner. I know Fred Warner is a top. 50 top 60 player for you he went five picks before i picked and i was also heartbroken him and darius phillips really broke my heart i can't believe you got to him yeah you got jerry alexander i get fred warner here's (laughs) here's what makes fred warner a really really good pick for philadelphia right now i think you could probably call the weakest position group overall for philadelphia either linebacker or offensive tackle and if you're calling it linebacker then the reason is because you've got Really good starter tier, like Pro Bowl level starter tier. And then you've got, man, I hope these guys can develop into good backup slash role player tier. Yeah. And then Michael Kendricks is just kind of somewhere in the middle with a lot of variance and a lot of unpredictability. And that's their situation. And so, like, let's say things went south with Bradham and he re-signed elsewhere. You're, you've got a huge need at linebacker. Jordan Hicks, who's had two consecutive season-ending injuries, is on a contract year. And Michael Kendricks is being paid more money than what he does for this defense and also has been on the trade block constantly. Like yeah. Things are good. They look good, but they're very tenuous because of the lack of depth and the lack of security. So having a, a good player who can play multiple positions in the linebacking core on a rookie deal is a huge get for Philadelphia yeah, and one I expect them to firmly have their eyes on. Linebacker is a strong target in round one, but if it doesn't happen, which it didn't for either of us, uh, then you've got a situation where I think that round four pick, or if they're able to move into day two, is a great spot for a linebacker. Warner out of BYU, the best trait for me is closing burst. That mm. stays pretty much, that's top three. You know, all, all the linebackers need that. 
You go to the next best trait, then you're talking, I think, his range, his long speed to cover even greater distances. And that's what projects him best to the will position. I think he's a better coverage linebacker than Michael Kendricks is. He has uh, equal speed, equal range, the way that uh, that's Kendricks' strength. And then he's probably also better at keying than Kendricks is, too. That's a little bit tougher to diagnose moving forward just because the NFL is obviously at a different speed. But that'd be what my gut says. So he didn't initially challenge for Kendricks spot i think he probably wouldn't win it out assuming kendricks is still on the roster simply because they want to keep kendricks on the field and, and build up his trade value but once they move on from him likely at the end of 2018 he would step in and start at the will if kendrick stays if jordan hicks moves and nigel Brown moves to the mic you can get a guy like warner with that burst with that coverage ability because he's a good mover in space and play him at the sand without too much of a struggle yeah right so that's great versatility for a guy who's been the, he's the fourth linebacker uh, uh you know for a position that starts three guys fantastic pick for the eagles clearly better than naeem hines that's my take 432 we ended up with the same one mike yeah 432 is the same you want to talk little will richardson you want me to talk little will Will richardson yeah i'll just i'll just say the way that it set up for me it was it got to that pick and i look at the board and i look what's out there left for tackle of what i could maybe get later and i think we both probably panicked a little bit because there was as far as developmental guys there was like no one there was there was no desmond harrison there was no brandon parker from nc and uh, a and t there was alex kappa was gone like all the guys that I would consider bringing in as a developmental guy weren't there. And I like Will Richardson. Parker. And, yeah, yeah. Parker has no business going before Will Richardson. I agree. Like I know Parker's the name from a developmental perspective. And then you get later, it's like, oh, Jamil Demby and Desmond Harrison. These are guys yeah. that everybody likes developmental wise. Don't know why people aren't talking about Will Richardson. He has average to elite athletic scores and everything that matters. Yeah. Uh, and he's a bit of a younger guy as well. He's the dude. And the, and the problem is, and this is where guys with character concerns go in the, in the late fourth that that have talent better than that, because Will Richardson has a DUI on his record. Uh, he has a team suspension. He was suspended for two games for a marijuana related incident. So he's got some dings on his on his character. And you have to be sure with a guy like that, that he's dedicated to football because he does have some weight fluctuation in his past. He can he can blow up. But. The potential, like you talked about on the other show, I think it was a couple of shows ago, that he was going to be considered one of the top five tackles coming out in that class if he had stayed because he's got that type of... Which we have no way of knowing, but it's just the fact that like he's he's got such a nice developmental profile. But yeah, yeah. So no, I I think I think we were in the same boat. Am I right on that? As far as seeing what was on the board and seeing Richardson there and going, I got to take him. I mean, yeah, I had you know I had a Chris Herndon available to me, but obviously I'd already gone tight end. I had a Jeff Holland, a Jalen Holmes if I wanted to go edge, but that class was deep, like you alluded to. Rasheem Green as well was tempting in that regard. And then corner wise, I had Aviante Maddox, kid out of uh, mm. Pitt, who I do like a bit. It. But uh, yeah, Richardson was the best pick there. And then also, yeah, that offensive tackle class predictably kind of falls off. And yeah. so uh, Richardson in the fourth was a great selection. I agree. Fifth round pick, 32 in the round. I went uh, Darius Leonard, the linebacker out of uh, South Carolina State. Started 43 games in college over his four-year career, uh, 38 of those coming at weak side linebackers. So a very similar role that you would have Fred Warner in. I, I like his range. Uh, I don't think he stacks and sheds uh, nearly as well as Warner, uh, for sure. I think that's actually one of Warner's underrated qualities. Not that it's great, but it's it's definitely good. You know, a guy that is going to be a good coverage linebacker at the NFL that's got the range that you can leave in on third down. I think he brings a lot of value there at the fifth round pick, 32nd in that round. 
what do you have uh, in the fifth round, Ben? No, I think it's cute how you drafted a uh, a two hundred and ten pound linebacker in the fifth round. I think that's a lot of fun. And I said that he couldn't. Yeah, I said that he couldn't stack and shed right 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 away. Get him in an off season program. Let him, let him let him work through this year. And right. then when Kendricks is gone, he'll be twenty pounds bigger. Yeah, he didn't mass up to around like two thirty. I think it is for the combine, but he played. Yeah, he played at around like two ten, which is just not great. I went for Kentavious Street, the edge out of NC State. Now, of course, Kentavious Street, uh, awful working out for the Giants, which makes sense. They kind of like his type. And he did get an ACL injury while he was working out for them, which is just a real terrible shame. And you hate to see it. And, you know, the hope is that he's going to be good for the pre-draft process and everything. But that's awful for him. Now, the nice thing is Philadelphia is very well set up to redshirt and edge. That's something that they can do quite easily with their current setup because as of right now, Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, Derek Barnett, Chris Long, it's an incredibly strong room there for edges. Now, that being said, what you discover is that Philadelphia's only really long-term investment there is uh, a guy like Derek Barnett. Uh, Chris Long is likely going to be heading out, if not this season, then next season. Uh, or, you know, excuse me, like, if not this upcoming offseason, then the next one. Michael Bennett is a the guy they're only tied to really for this year. And then Brandon Graham is in a contract year. Mm. When they look to extend Carson Wentz, they're going to have one left tackle, or one tackle, I should say, Lane Johnson under a huge contact. And then they should have a small contract at the other position. If they want to give out a big contract to Brandon Graham, they can. But Graham is likely to demand more money than he's worth, given the edge market. Mm. And if Philadelphia wants to find a discount there to keep themselves in a better cap space, then they should consider bringing in a developmental edge. Street has the size to be an inside-out versatile sort of guy. He's around 270, uh, which we know Philadelphia values a lot. Jim Schwartz is really into that. It's in vogue for Schwartz's defense. He's got incredible flashes as far as tilting, turning the corner with Ben using his hands. Right now, because he was on a stacked NC State line, he didn't see a ton of reps. He didn't see a lot of first team coach's attention because Bradley Chubb was ahead of him. Yeah. So there's a lot of inconsistency, but if you can suss it out, it's an NFL rusher for sure. It's a dangerous NFL rusher. There just needs to be some development there. So fifth round pick, give him to Chris Wilson. If he's able to show promise by the end of season one, so you're keeping five edges on the roster, which is very comfortable doing that. That's not a problem. Yeah. Then you have a lot of bargaining power and a lot of movement power when it comes to Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, and Chris Long. It's a very good, strong situation for a team to be in that needs to extend Carson Wentz. Loves to get edge pressure, but can't spend too much money. That's a tricky situation. Street represents a good solution. Yeah, and I had a constant eye on edge defenders as it went. And with round six coming up, Kylie Fitz from Utah who tested as a, a – he made Justice Mosqueda's uh, force players metric uh, because of his three You cone. had Fitz available in the sixth round you didn't take him? No. So we have – no, honestly, though, uh, tight end was super thin at this, at this point. Like, I could have gone Durham Smythe the round before. We need right. to do something at tight end. And considering the depth that we have at edge, uh, I went with Troy Fumagalli. Uh, the tight end out of Wisconsin, the nine-fingered wonder. Uh, he fills an immediate need for us at that second tight end spot. I think he can. He's from a traditional inline offense, so he can work in line. He's functional as a blocker. He's not good. He's not bad. He's not great. He's not awful. He's functional, and that's really all we're going to need him to be. He brings savvy as a route runner, 
Uh, but he's not going to blow anybody away with his athleticism. He has just enough in both of those to where he can be a contributor in in both of those areas of his game. I think getting a mean, meaningful contribution from that year one where he's going to get, you know, hopefully 30 to 40 percent of his snaps. And he's that kind of reliable guy. But I, I really like Fumagalli there for the value. What do you have, Ben? I don't like Troy Fumagalli. I don't think he's very good. But sixth round, it's a good pick. Yeah. I got a guy who has no business being near the sixth round. I know. We understand NFL is going to take him a lot earlier than that, as they rightfully should. Dane Crookshank. Oh, what a pick. Arizona. He's uh, he's just great. He's a fun player. He's a corner safety hybrid guy out out of Arizona. I like him best as a coverage safety yeah. I don't think you want him matching up on top wide receivers. You prefer for him to to stick with guys who labor a bit in space, but he can handle crossers, no problem. He can close on quicker running backs, no problem. Physicality to, to hang with tight ends, no problem. And then sometimes it's inconsistent. He can get grabby, but the mirroring quickness against slot receivers can be really, really strong. This is a heady player, understands how to overlap in zone very very well mm. loves to play with his eyes in the backfield can get him in trouble a little bit but really it isn't too much of a problem putting crookshank on the field is very easy for a philadelphia team that uh, last season when they wanted to run their dime sets they did so with three safeties and three corners of course if they're drafting jerry alexander for whatever reason i doubt that'd be the case but uh crookshank would get on the field at least initially in dime sets i think he'd have the ability to get even more looks in nickel sets because moving Malcolm Jenkins down to the line of scrimmage makes more and more sense the older that Jenkins get. Crookshanks fill is, fills in very nicely as a strong safety. Let McLeod roam free up top. Ball skills, athleticism, returnability. Dane Crookshank, really fun player. I think it'd be a fun guy to, uh, to maybe do a behind the curtain on. I'm thinking about it. Uh, excellent, excellent young man. I think he'd be, he'd be a great fit for Philadelphia's defense. I was excited when he fell to me in the sixth. Very nice. And I, I with the seventh round pick, the 32nd pick in the seventh round. I went with a safety as well. I like being able to fill that out. Uh, I went with Michael Joseph from Dubuque. Uh, In in Mobile, I was able to sit down with his coaching staff, his defensive coordinator, his head coach, his offensive court, uh, the offensive coordinator for Dubuque, and we talked about him. Guy's a film rat. You know, he's got a long way to go from a Division III guy to the NFL, but he's got big-time production, 15 interceptions in 31 games at Dubuque. He was their match corner, so he followed around the best wide receiver on the other team and and, and locked them down. Really, really good ball skills that you can definitely work with. Uh, the hope is, and I, I would like to move him to safety for that, that Corey Graham type of role like later on or as a special teams contributor and see if we can get him on the field somewhere later on down the line. But, I mean, seventh-round pick. You know, you're, you're kind of hoping, you, you know, there's going to be some development involved with that. So hopefully you can bring him along. I'm rooting for the kid. He sounds like a he sounds like a real good dude. Ben, who'd you have? My seventh round pick was a young man named Daryl Williams. And we may not realize or recognize who Daryl Williams is, but he's actually a very fun, interesting prospect. He is. Who played running back for the LSU Tigers. Uh, not unlike one Darius guys who will go six, seven rounds before Williams does. Williams is a much more traditional power back in the bit of a plotter. Agility in space is a little bit better than you expect, but it's really nothing to write home about. That being said, can lower his pads, can, can exchange power with power, generate some good rumbly force from the lower half. Interesting to note, you know, the Tigers did like to use Williams in third and short, fourth oh, yeah. and short situations, in goal line situations. Over a guy like Darius Geis, which speaks a good deal to let's not overrun Darius Geis, who's nursing an ankle injury, who we use on first down and second down. But it also speaks to the extent to which they trusted Williams 
to just pick up dirty yardage. So if you're yeah. looking for a LeGarrette Blunt replacement, a guy who can just take those ugly plays, grind you down in the fourth quarter, which I think Philadelphia would love to find a guy like that to stick on the roster, whether it be in free agency or in the draft. Daryl Williams in their lap in the seventh round is a fine pick. They're probably familiar with him because we know they've worked around with Geis, so they've they've been familiar with the LSU running back room and with the LSU tape. I think that he's a he's a fun day three target for the Eagles. Makes a lot of sense. Good value for running back too, Mike, in case I- you're wondering. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to be nearly as explosive as Nye Hammonds, but I will say this, and we talked about Daryl Williams on the show with John Ledyard. The guy's a pretty good pass catcher too. Like he's got he's got a set of hands on him. He's not he doesn't have cement for hands, and he's capable on third downs. They used him a lot in that role because, like you said, they didn't want to overrun Darius Geis, and that's why Geis didn't get a whole lot of receiving production. And you know, there's questions about that and whatever. But uh, I thought Darrell Williams when he walked out into the stage in, in Mobile for the weigh-ins, I was like, who is it? I didn't even know they had. Another running back that yeah, was like no, he's a yoked up guy, and he had that look on his face like I'm about to show you, and he he performed pretty well in Mobile. All right, Ben. So that does it. We might put. I think we're gonna put a vote up on this. So we're gonna put a vote up on this, and we are gonna ask you guys to say who won on the mock draft. We'll have the pictures up and all that good stuff, and you can let Ben know how terrible his mock draft was in comparison to mine. I thought he did an admirable job. I thought he did an admirable Fred job. Fred Warren in the fourth. He did Dane Crookshank in the sixth. Did, oh, come on, man. You, you could, Dallas Fred Goddard Warner in 32? In the, Fred Warner in the fourth. You st- Stop it. I can't wait for the he won't be there guy in the comments just to just to bury you. Hey, he won't be there guy. Go get back. Every guy won't be everywhere. I know. The draft is know. just shrouded in mystery. It's so stupid. And guys fall all the time. We saw that last year and the year before and every other year. The NFL draft is decadent and depraved. Trying to predict what's going to happen is going to be crazy, but we are going to try to do that as we move through this process. Ben, man, off the cuff, what do you think for the next show? Just going through some guys that we've watched on tape and, and fit the Eagles or positions that 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 of guys that we've watched that we haven't really talked about yet. Some some sleeper guy. I want to talk about Darius Darius Phillips and and some of these nickel cornerbacks that I've been watching. Uh, possibly some other tight end guys we haven't talked about. Wide receivers, some some sleeper picks, things of that nature. Because I know you're working through like day three guys right now, right? Yeah, I am. We can certainly also turn to the the uh, the Twitterverse, turn to the fans, ask them if there's anybody they'd like for us to speak about that we haven't yet. That's true. We haven't gotten to everybody. Sounds good to me, man. Well, little scouting report Friday. Yeah, we are going to be super interactive with you guys this week. We're going to have a vote up. Uh, We're going to have questions from you guys as far as some of the draft prospects that we haven't touched on yet because there's over 350, 400 draft eligible guys. So get those questions in. If we've seen them, we'll talk about them. We'll let you know about them. We'll let you know our thoughts. Ben. Take her home, man. No, thank you so much for listening. This has been, as always, the Kissed and Solak Show presented to you by uh, the fine folks at BGN Radio. Make sure you are a, if you are a patron subscriber to BGN Radio, make sure you check out Behind the Curtain. If you're not a patron subscriber to BGN Radio, I'm sorry to report that you've lost two friends. You are uh, dumb. And this is a tough time for you. I understand that. <laughs> you can solve this problem by paying us money and then we'll be your friends again uh no but do consider becoming a patron subscriber to bgn radio various levels of various insights and extra content all the goodies that you get from the different levels of course please do rate review and subscribe to the bgn radio podcast a pizza party is promised to you and we are very few figures away from our benchmark so if you have not yet please rate and review watch behind the curtain Listen to the Kiss and Solak show. Mm. Hang out with us on Twitter. Mm. Get excited for the draft. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. Those are your instructions, your mission, if you choose to accept it, some would say. We all we got, we all we need, fly equals fly. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. 
How dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss? Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce, Rwanda and a Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus pocus, Gucci locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. The bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost the child, clips you play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead, cause they sleep in bed. You eat the sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors are hoarded, makes wine or soda.